Welcome to the Homer Collective. I'm Pat Ward. And I'm Taryn Mal. And today we're going to be talking about anxiety. As counselors, we have a lot of conversations about anxiety. We have people who call and want, want help with anxiety. People feel it in different seasons of their lives. And um, it's, it's so common that it's worth us taking some time to give a general overview of it. Hopefully, if you're listening to this episode, um, if you're struggling with anxiety, it will give you a little bit more insight into maybe some next steps in dealing with it, both on your own and with somebody who can help you. But then also, if you're listening to this because you have a family member or a friend or somebody you're close to who's struggling with anxiety, hopefully it can give you a glimpse into their world and into their struggle so that you can support them and love them even, even more. So here we go. I think the first thing to understand about anxiety is that it's very common. It's often the case that people will experience anxiety at some point in their life. Now, of course, that's on the spectrum. Some people experience mild anxiety and then some people experience debilitating anxiety. But it it all kind of has a common um, root in the autonomic nervous system, the one that we all have that's built into our bodies that helps us if there's a threat, whether real or perceived, it helps us fight, it helps us flee, it helps us freeze, it helps us fawn. We talked about that in our other episode. And so it, you know, it helps us with uh, our response to those things. Um, but oftentimes people notice a struggle with anxiety when their autonomic nervous system is coming online and there's nothing right in front of them. There's not a bear that's walked into the room. There's not, um, there's not a threat that they can put their finger on. And so when we start dealing with people who have anxiety, a lot of times we hear, uh, I don't know why I'm feeling this way, or I can't believe I'm so upset about something so small. Um, am I, am I going crazy? You know, people are really confused about it. And so, uh, it takes a little while even before people recognize it as anxiety. Yeah, I think it's important to to note that it's anxiety is normal. We all experience anxiety, haven't experienced anxiety at some point in our lives. You think about, you know, how you feel before you get on stage and give a speech or how you feel before a big test. Um, that's all the normal anxiety that we feel, right? Because there's some perceived threat, right? The threat right. And it can failure. even be it can even be helpful anxiety. Yeah. It causes us to study. It causes yeah. us to review our notes one more time. Absolutely. Yeah. It's actually meant there as a survival mechanism, right? right. And so it's there to help guide us. Um, where we start to get into a bit of a, a difficult place is there's the, the difference between when it we're regulating after that event is over and our inability to regulate over time. So if we've noticed over time, I'm struggling to regulate from the stressors in my life you might have some anxiety show up that's pretty persistent anxiety and it can be debilitating or it can just show up every once in a while. It can affect our sleep. It can affect our everyday functioning. And so that's where we're really going to talk today about the anxiety that inhibits us from being able to live our everyday life. Yeah. And in light of regulating, which we mean by just kind of being at a, at a restful quote unquote normal state, um, you know, feeling, feeling confident, feeling comfortable, uh, where we are. Sometimes people who struggle with anxiety experience things like, um, restlessness, tense feeling, uh, a feeling like there's danger or impending doom. Even if they know, Hey, there's four walls around me, everything's fine. There's just kind of a sinking feeling of, of doom, physical signs of increased heart rate, um, trembling, sweating, um, feeling weak or tired. Uh, what are some other symptoms, Taryn? Yeah, trouble concentrating, maybe racing thoughts, um, 
we can um, feel nauseous or sick to our stomach. And then like we were saying, it, it, can, it can affect sleep. You know, it might be the moment that you experience anxiety is the moment your head hits the pillow, right? And yeah. you've been able to function throughout your day because you've been distracted enough. But the moment your head hits the pillow, those racing thoughts come to mind and you notice you're experiencing some insomnia and, and then it becomes a whole chronic issue of insomnia That's right. where you're Cycle. like, yeah, you're, you're fighting it and you're like, why can't I sleep? And it makes the anxiety worse. So, and sometimes right. we have panic attacks, which is an even more um, physiological, intense physiological response where we actually feel like I can't breathe. Um, a lot of people that experience anxiety actually end up in the ER, ER first because they think I have a heart condition because yeah. their heart was pounding so intensely that they thought maybe I'm having a heart attack, but they go through that stress test and the doctor's like, Oh, I think you have anxiety. Yep. And they learn that. Yep. Right. Anxiety comes in different flavors too. So you can have social anxiety, which is probably the most common. And uh, we recorded a podcast recently about the pandemic restart. So we're seeing even more people kind of have social anxiety of, you know, being in social settings, not necessarily afraid of getting sick from COVID, but just like, what are the dynamics at play and how do I, how do I, how do I navigate those? So social anxiety is one um, test or performance anxiety. Then there's, you know, post-traumatic anxiety, whether it's right after something traumatic happening, like a car accident or, you know, witnessing something out of control or violent, or it can even be something that, you know, some of those symptoms that happen months later that are still tied to this traumatic event. Um, but they're just kind of resurfacing um, after everything has kind of moved on. And so it, it, it comes in a lot of different, flavors a lot of, there's a lot of different aspects of anxiety and places that they show up if you, you have serious and persistent anxiety it can be diagnosed as something called generalized anxiety disorder um, there, there's a there's a more direct treatment plan um, for that um, but um, but yeah it comes in a lot of different ways even though it is even though it is common that's those are some of the things that happen on the more serious end of the anxiety spectrum yeah, we can also experience something called separation anxiety, which doesn't have oh, yeah. to be like a childhood um, anxiety attachment kind of disorder. It can be, um, we just recorded an episode about the a pandemic restart. It can be, I'm experiencing some, some separation anxiety after this pandemic because of fear that something's going to happen to a loved one or something's going to happen to me. I yeah. know I've heard people communicate that after the pandemic. So we can experience some anxiety in our relationships as well. So, so what can you do when you experience anxiety? I think that's yeah. probably why you're tuning in today. So let, let's really get into that. Um, really caring for your core systems. I, I really love that phrase, Pat. That's your phrase. But um, setting up the body to deal with that, um, fighting off that anxiety by eating well, taking care of yourself, eating those healthy proteins for your brain function. Breakfast is a huge thing, right? Getting that protein or eating that meal early down early in the day is really important to start your day. Cutting down on sugar, caffeine, I think carbs even um, is part of that. Making sure you're sleeping, uh, making sure you're managing screens so you can get good rest time, getting outside to exercise, getting some sunlight. Exercise is like one of the, I think, most efficient ways to actually regulate uh, the stress in our lives and actually yeah. work through emotions. I don't think a lot of people know that, but it, it's huge. It's so huge. taking care of your health and your core systems is like the number one thing we're probably yeah. going to talk about. 
Yeah. And even something simple like breathing, like the yeah. way that we breathe, taking deep breaths. I have a, a therapist friend who says our body has everything built into it to deal with anxiety, that those those tools are accessed through breathing. And so, you know, just simple things like that. But the nutrition is the biggest one. Usually when I'm talking to somebody who's having anxiety, I'm like, are you eating breakfast? No. I've, I've seen clients come in at 10 o'clock in the morning for a 10 o'clock appointment for anxiety, drinking a monster cola. And I'm like, what are you doing? You can't drink monster. You can't rock that at 10 o'clock in the morning. I hope that this is going to feel better. So or they've had five cups of coffee on an empty stomach. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, just think, think about how you're, how you're, um, putting stuff, your brain thrives on healthy proteins. So even if it's, you know, I tell people get, get a pack of, um, of granola bars or get a pack of um, something that has um, some good protein in it. Even if you have to force it down in the mornings just to get something in your body for your brain to run off of all day, that can be a real big help for anxiety. Um, the other thing that you can do is, is to reach out to other people, um, people who love you, who live with you, may help you see some patterns that you've missed. Um, if there are stressors that are fueling the anxiety, they may can help you get creative and troubleshooting those stressors or may can help you uh, lighten the load or at the, at the end of the day, they can just encourage you. And sometimes that's uh, that's good and that's a helpful thing, too. Yeah. And some of these stressors we can actually plan for. We can't plan for everything, but we can make a plan to deal with some of the stressors that we're going to face. And so if we can do that to help manage anxiety, I think that's really important. Um, getting grounded by finding ways to calm yourself, find true thoughts in the middle of the anxiety. Because I think often when we're anxious, we've those racing thoughts, it builds. It's, it has that snowball effect where it starts with one thought and then it snowballs to more and more anxiety, anxious thoughts and anxiety finding those effective coping skills then to help deal with the physical symptoms like um, breathing, meditation, yoga, slowing down enough to read, watch a favorite movie, right? All of these suggestions require us to slow down, which is counter, it feels counterintuitive to the anxiety, right? Because it's like, wait, that's like not what I want to do right now. I want to keep going, right? But that's actually what our body needs is for us to slow down enough. Um, and then we need to find those environments where we can do that, where we feel relaxed and we feel safe. I, I'm not going to be able to do that in a house full of chaos and kids and, yeah. and all that. So maybe I have to leave the house in order to do that or go for a drive or something. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, we live in a time where a lot of people are talking about anxiety. If you need more ideas about coping skills, like Google that you can find, you can find a lot of ideas about things that help people. Um, the other thing that you may need to do to get help is to go talk to a professional. And when you talk to a, a counselor or a therapist, especially if anxiety is, is a, a big part of your life, that's where you deal with the things that you can't Google the parts of our story that sometimes come out. Um, things that we've been through in the past that we thought, you know, this didn't really affect me. Um, it may be in our blind spot, difficult circumstances, adversity, um, past trauma. Almost every client that I talk to, I ask them, have you had have you had trauma in your life? They say no. But then we start talking to their story. And, yeah, they've had significant trauma in their life. They just never knew that that's what it was. And so, you know, they, they we can unearth things figure out sometimes the roots of these patterns um, and then learn how to deal with it um, through processing it or doing some exposure work on it. There's all sorts of things that, that can be done in, in one of those settings to deal with anxiety at the root. And so um, a professional can help you see what's going on in your blind spot, help you troubleshoot some coping skills, and then also um, 
they um, they can help you come up with a plan to include other people as a means of support in walking through a season of anxiety um, towards feeling better again on the other side. Yeah, you know, you're talking about family history and people not recognizing trauma and blind spots. But I think also when we think about anxiety, we can be a family history society there where it's, it's could be partially biological, but it also could be environmental. And so you, when you think about how you feel when you're around certain people, might be a friend, family member, whatever, it might be their anxiety pushed onto you. And now you're like a yeah. soaking up that anxiety, right? And so when we consider who we have around us to support us and encourage us, probably not going to be those people who actually rev up our anxiety and make it worse because they have some of their own unmanaged anxiety. Yeah. So that's something we can talk about in therapy too. Or like, who are those people? Um, who are those people who add more anxiety to our lives? Yep. When should we consider medication? Then yeah. this is the question we get from clients all the time. And I think that this comes with a lot of baggage around medication and mental health and therapy. Um, but I think most people need to know medication is a normal part of, of treating anxiety. I think the most effective way of treating both anxiety and depression is through medication and therapy yeah. both combined if you want to have the best, um, best effect. But um, most people who are coming to counseling, they're hoping to fix that anxiety without medication. And that makes sense. If, if we've tried everything, right, that might be a time, though, where we consider medication. Like, I've tried caring for my core system. I'm, I'm really attempting to be healthy. I have some coping skills, but those things aren't working. It might be time to try medication. Yeah. Yeah. And it's under those circumstances that we see medication really help people, not just because the need is so much there, but people feel actually more confident in like, okay, well, this is what medication's made for. And so I'm going to, I'm going to lean into that. And hopefully it just slows things down long enough for me to reset some patterns. And that can be a good thing. And there are all kinds of medications out there. I mean, we're definitely not medical providers or anything like that, but, but t consult with your medical provider, figure out what the best option is for you if you're considering medication. Yeah. Um, so before we go, one last thing is what, if we're somebody who's a, a friend or a family member with somebody who's struggling with anxiety in the season, what are some things that we need to know about, about anxiety? What, what would be helpful? One is that, you know, a loved one's anxiety may be, frustrating to you. It may be annoying to you. You may not understand why they're upset or why they're overreacting. You may echo some of the things that they're telling themselves. Like, why, why is this such a big deal? Or why are you having such a hard time? Just, just stop worrying about it. Um, but telling them that over and over is not helpful. You know, that, that you can't, you can't coach anxiety out of somebody. They can cope with it. They can, they can learn from it. They can care for themselves through it, but you can't just, you can't just coach it out of them. You sure can't shame it out of them. So just be careful with that. Um, I usually tell people to describe anxiety and depression as like a cold. It's like getting the flu, but you don't get it in your lungs or in your sinuses, you get it in your mind. And so it may, it may, it often shows up for a season. We treat it with some of the stuff that we've talked about today, and then it's going to, it's going to be more manageable going forward. It's not some moral failing on our part. It's not some deep weakness in our character, or especially it's not some spiritual def deficiency. People who struggle with anxiety can have just as much faith as other people. It's not, it's not because they're somehow not as close to God as they, as other people. It just, sometimes anxiety just, it just comes in and it settles in over them. And we need to stop, we need to stop, um, 
acting like it's one of those other things. So if treated, it'll, it'll get better. It may just take a little while. Yeah. And what that means is we can always tell when it's anxiety in our family members or friends, right? We might be able to tell there might be some of those physical signs and symptoms that we're noticing in them. But if it's mostly happening in their mind, right, we don't live in close contact with them. We might not know that it's anxiety. So maybe consider, am I judging people when they don't show up for things or when they say no, right? Yeah. Or or should I stop and think, okay, what could be going on with them right now? Could it be anxiety and attempt to understand where that anxiety could be coming from? Yeah. And then encouraging, if they talk to you about it, encourage them to seek help where they can get it, um, do it directly, but also be loving. We're so glad that you listened today. Hopefully you've heard some important symptoms to be looking out for in yourself or in other people. Hopefully you've heard that it's not something that you have to beat up on yourself about. And then more than anything, we hope that you've learned some practical steps that you can take to begin uh, to, to get it under control. Take some first few healthy steps. And usually after you take a first some first few healthy steps, more healthy steps open up beyond that. So um, be open about it. Be honest about it. If you're walking with a loved one and they gave you this podcast, just just love them. Help them figure out and identify what helps them and then um, be, a, be a useful, supportive person in their lives. Uh, if you want to connect with us more, you can find us on Facebook or at patwardcounseling.com or Taryn Cooper. Dot com. That's Taryn with a Y. Have a great day.